Welcome to a podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, we got to be on our game tonight, dude. I'm ready to play. Uh, um, like, um, like, you know, um, we can't do that tonight because tonight we are talking to a professional. Um, like, um, um, I'm nervous. Um, like <laughs> this dude is in front of thousands of people every morning on a TV show in a uh, pretty large city. So I think we got to up the uh, app for game here. Yep, time to time to be on our A game. I'm a ready. professional. Is there someone coming on after me? What is this nonsense? You are fake news. And right as I say that, he interrupts our entire intro, so he must not be too much of a professional. I could care <laughs> less about your little intro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be rude. Can you no, give I'm us not a question? A, I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You st- can you stay categorical? You are fake news. I looked at the weather today in your gloomy state. It said 46 degrees. Yeah, it was cold. I could see my breath. And two days ago, it was 84. You remember what Minnesota is like? <laughs> it's I don't miss I do not miss it. Have you got your, right, uh, your rock icon statues yet? I have not. I don't think I'm going to be paying that much money for some toys. No, I'll sell a couple parts off that beat-up Beamer, and you can have $549. Hey, man, the Beamer runs like a champ. I saw a, a neon on your father's page today. Let everyone know that you and your father are the biggest uh, gearheads that exist in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, we're working on another another SRT neon. How many cars are in the driveway now? Oh, I don't know. Four or five, something like that. I have, a, I have a few I'm working on, too, so, you know, keeping it busy. You just need to hook up with James and have your own rusted garage. Anyway, uh, guess what? No hate mail this week, so maybe we're doing something wrong. Yeah, we need to start pissing people off. You want to hear the good mail? Yeah, let's hear it. What, what's the song? I mean, usually we're kicking off hate train. What would be a song for good mail? I can't even come up with one. Oh. Nope. Nothing. Metallica's not about writing good songs. Oh, wait. No, I don't mean it like that. Like, good, uh, positive. It's, it's metal music. It's not supposed to be uplifting. Remember in Behind the Music when James says, well, there's a battery. We run off a positive and a negative. We're really good at the negative. Yeah. Let's go to the positive post. Uh, Keith Prestansky from Wausau, Wisconsin. I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Saw you guys in Ringle a couple months ago and loved the show. Oh, that's cool. Like how Shane plays the live Lars fills instead of the studio versions. Jeff's solos were spot on. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. He wants to know, Jeff, why don't you use the KH signature Crybaby Wah? All the best. Keep up the great episodes. Keith Wausau, Wisconsin. First of all, I want to know how this guy was able to even see my Wah pedal. I was thinking that because I know how your situation is and you like to hide your pedals behind the monitors. Yes, I do. I always have it hidden. So, And there was a little bit of a space between us and the stage for obvious reasons, but uh, it seemed like it was even further back this time around because of what's going on. And so, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he was able to, to see that. I guess to answer his question, the reason I don't use the cage wah is because I'm not the biggest fan of the sound of it. It's not a terrible oh. wah, but it's just not my it's not my favorite thing. And plus, I really like the fact that my Ernie Ball wah, when I turn it on, 
has two green lights, one on each side that light up. So I know when the wah is on, because I've had a lot of moments on a dark stage um, previous to using the Ernie Ball wah where I didn't turn it off. And I'm sitting there playing, and it's a very thin, nasty sound coming through my monitor. So so the lights aren't to look cool. They actually have a function for Mr. Kirk II. Right, and they're green, so they happen to match some of our stage lights. It just was meant to be. Meant to be. Do you think you'll ever have a KHWA or what you have now, nothing tops it? I really, really like the sound of that Ernie Ball. I feel like I'll probably stick with that. I wouldn't mind having a KHWA just to mess around with at home but as far as live goes i'll probably stick with the ernie ball we should have an episode about wah pedals in the near future Waz are very important when playing kirk <laughs> <laughs> is there a, any are there any i have to think about this is there any songs in our 80 song catalog catalog <clears throat> excuse me that don't use wah yeah there's a few uh harvester of sorrow sad but true not many. Um, like, um, uh, you want to get to it? Yeah, we heard from him a few minutes ago. Let's let's bring him in. Yeah, since he's already uh, shit all over our episode <laughs> from the 30-mile. Get this. Last week, we had Mr. Justin Hunt from uh, Providence with the uh, Road the Lightning chapter. Yep. The bass player in Draw the Line, the old Aerosmith tribute. Yes, I remember him. Great conversation. This wasn't planned, but we're going back to Rhode Island, you know, that miniature state that's 30 miles wide. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. (laughs) Uh, Another member of Rode the Lightning, also a host of a pretty dynamite morning show from Providence, Rhode Island, WPRI, Channel 12, The Road Show from Providence, Mr. Brendan Kirby. What's up, man? Thank you very much, boys. Great to be here. And let me just say one thing. That no hate mail last week is all going to change this week. Now that you <laughs> don't worry, there'll be floods of it. You'll be shredding it. <laughs> You're going to get a special episode. We're going to have to make a trailer just for Brendan's hate mail, Jeff. Probably an hour, hour and a half. Well, we hire a yeah. special intern every semester, and their job, their sole job is to shred and delete my hate mail. And it's a full-time position. What does it pay? I think I'll sign up, Brendan. Don't worry. I'll get you that uh, special super secret email address after the the broadcast. Now, I just want to say I've been hanging out here in the virtual green room, enjoying all of, you know, the virtual spread that you've put out. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> Food is delicious. Did we meet your rider requirements? Oh, I'm stuffed. Was, was the meat and cheese tray enough? I'm just going to throw it around the room like James used to do behind uh, the scenes at Bay on the Green, right? You mean the pepperoni pizza? Exactly. Mm, actual pose, dressing room requirements. Uh, absolutely no substitutions. One cup of cubed ham, not fucking, you know, it's got to be cubed uh, fucking right so we'll get down his little neck. Uh, one ribeye steak dinner, didn't even know the guy ate meat, you know, look like a fucking vegetarian. One gourmet cheese tray, pepperoni pizza, fresh. I think that, you know, it's fucking just for throwing around. I don't know anything, man. Cans of assorted Pringles chips, you know, greasy shit. hair back. Sue B. Honey can make some sick like this. You know, but before we get into any of your expose here, you know, before we get to Metallica, enough about them, right? They they get the spotlight enough, right? A few pretty, times a day. They're pretty big. But, 
let's pull back the curtain here for a minute. Now, we're recording this very late on a weeknight, and we were supposed to do this at the same very time yesterday. But of course, on my end, because everything I do is a colossal failure for the most part, you know, I, I couldn't get a signal. Waves of radiation were coursing through my home. There was no one here to help me because I've had to furlough my house staff. Uh, I didn't know where to begin, but you bared with me. We've righted the ship. I think uh, the folks at NASA were involved today. And some NASA. Right. <laughs> NASA, Ricky, NASA. What, do you own space? No, NASA does. NASA? Rocket people, perhaps you've heard of them? It's NASA. <laughs> I'm barely on the air with you, and this could go haywire at any moment, but I'm delighted to be here, and thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. We uh, we put up with the difficulties last night. I know you're used to working in a $10 million TV studio, <laughs> but you couldn't even get your fucking laptop on the air last night. Uh, I, I'm using right now a Sony Bio that my dad got me for Christmas in 2009. Thank you. I can't imagine why we've had issues so far. Oh, nine death magnetic stickers. It's all good. It does. I legit have two stickers <laughs> from that era on the back of this. So uh, it's great to be here. But I got to say, you know, I think that we can all agree. I'm so happy to be here because I think we really can all agree that what the world needs more of are podcasts. So thank God you've started this, and thank God we can get some entertainment from you. Really, the, the list of podcasts that I have no intention of listening to is growing by the day, except for this one, because it's Metallica-related, and I just love that you're doing it. Well, very cool, Brandon. Thanks for joining us. If you're just joining us right now in the last minute, everyone thinks you're the host because you have this amazing <laughs> TV voice, and Jeff and I sound like these rookies coming to you live from under a bridge. Well, I lived under a bridge for a while in Los Angeles, so there's nothing wrong with that. And I've got to say, this is one of the rare occurrences for me because we had my show, The Road Show, yesterday morning. I'll have it again tomorrow morning, and today I'm on with you. So this is one of these rare occasions where I can disappoint two audiences in the same 24-hour period. It's really <laughs> remarkable. When you're doing The Road Show, Brendan, how many people are watching at any given time? Six. <laughs> Times a million? No, we have a great viewership. Um, I don't have the actual number. You'd have to talk to the, the folks at our station who do all that stuff. But it's a it's a sizable reach. It goes up to just south of Boston. It goes into Connecticut. Like I've been down to Mohegan Sun for some gigs. Like I've gone down there to see Maiden and Priest. And a buddy of mine were there like having a pre-show meal one time. And the waitress, you know, she brings over the drink. She goes, hey, I'll, and I'll see you Monday morning. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be spending the night with me Sunday? I, I don't know. Um, Sounds like a good time. Yeah, but all kidding aside, she's like, yeah, I watch you every day. And so that's always nice when you meet somebody that, that enjoys the show or uh, has a kind word to say. So we have an extensive reach. I don't have the exact number, but we're we're very lucky to broadcast to so many homes every day. Very cool. Um, ABC, CBS, NBC, what are we doing here? CBS affiliate. And uh, in our building is also the local Fox affiliate as well. So there's tons of programming being churned out every day. And that's uh, really awesome. I love the live element every morning. And it's kind of like, for those unfamiliar, like a Today Show for Rhode Island and Southern New England. And we're live every day for an hour. Uh, it's only been 30 minutes since we've been in this whole COVID era because we're a guest-driven talk show. But yeah, one hour of fun. And it's, it's not really hard news. It's entertainment. It's a talk show. So uh, lots of fun. And, and that's what I'm all about. I love entertaining. And I love uh, you know going on air every day. It's really cool. Jeff, this guy only works one hour a day. Can you believe that? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm in the wrong field. I need to change. And then he said, due to COVID, he's working 30 minutes a day. I <laughs> must be talk, rough. <laughs> talk about fa- talk about fake news. Backbreaking yeah. work. I, it's just awful, you know. And I gotta. I have, there's no one to apply my makeup. I gotta do it myself. It's just horrendous. <laughs> oh man, it's <laughs> such a rough life. I feel so bad for you. You are fake news. <laughs> well, since you're part of CBS, Brendan, are you are you part of the fake news group? Are you the next Jim Jim Acosta? I wouldn't go that far. That's what I love about our our show. Um, I've been full of crap in all of my 39 years on the planet. So that's what I love about our show is it's it's a fun entertainment talk show. We got news over here and we're over here. We're just here to interview guests, have fun, and as I like to say, purvey nonsense. So that's that's what I'm here for. That sounds kind of like Shane and I. Yeah, an hour and a half of nonsense every week coming to you at midnight on Squadcast.fm. Like, uh, they didn't make sense last week, but that's all right because we're going to listen to them next week. By the way, Andy at Squadcast and I are now very good friends. He's been supporting me all day trying to right this ship. So you contacted customer support or technical support and said, hey, I'm running this Commodore 486 with coffee cans <laughs> on a string. I got a guy in my basement peddling a Peloton that's hooked up to the computer that's allowing this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a podcast for all where you, the fan, drive the discussion. And after all these technical difficulties, 24 hours later, what do you finally want to talk about? You know what? I got to go. I got to get to bed. So. <laughs> oh, well, man. That was a good, good eight ep- minutes. That was a good episode. I just <laughs> as long as Master of Puppets, right? Well, I am... Um, I just, I love the band. Like I'm always like, just, I love meeting folks like you. Uh, I can't believe, you know, when my Metallica journey, you know, started, you know, over two decades ago now, you know, I just, I just loved the music and I thought it was just the the coolest sound I had ever heard. You know, I first got into them when I was about 11 or 12 ish, my friend's brother brought over, you know, the black album, because that's what was current at the time. And I just thought it was the coolest sounding thing I had ever heard. And I was just really drawn to the guitars and the sounds. And you guys know how it is. Someone has something, they bring it over to the house, you hang out, you enjoy listening to it. And I just thought it was just really amazing. And then I'm going to, you know, we're we're all talking about Metallica at school because the Black Album videos were all over MTV and stuff like that. And I have an older brother who's three years older. And of course, his friend comes over one day and he's like, well, wait a minute, dude, you know, that's that's not their only album because he's got a head start on me. So he's teaching me about all about Master and Justice and everything. So then I go to school and I have to be like, guys, no, 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 there's more. And like, I felt like this conduit to the older stuff at that point. And it just became this community and at that time it was just a hobby and it's just similarly for you guys i'm sure it's grown into this thing that's connected all of us in this unique way you just start going to the shows on on your own in my case i was going to shows by myself early on and now i i haven't been at a show where i haven't known anyone in, in so long and i think that's the beauty of this band bringing us all together and it's just so so great so i'm guessing you and i are similar in age Early 90s, you got the Black Album, 92, 93? Yeah, right in there. Yep. I'm in my late 60s. I don't know about you. Well, it's midnight. You're starting to look that way. (laughs) You TV people and your Botox. (laughs) I'm going to get my makeup wipes. They're in my bag. (laughs) Do you rock the makeup for the roadshow? I do. Yes, I do. We have a team that assembles around 3 a.m. to start preparing me. So... (laughs) So you show up at uh, 3.15 and get makeup until, what, 
It's yeah, I'm actually a, a an 80 year old woman before the makeup goes on, and then I become this. Uh, yeah, I do. It's yeah, those lights are unforgiving. When I first started working on the show, I said I don't need that. You know, whatever HD, I don't care. And then I'm like, oh well, this is what everyone does. So if it's going to improve the way I look, well, then I, I better take all the help I can get. Hey man, don't get fucking scared. Shane, <laughs> did they make you put makeup on when you were in the Halo music video? Did no? Did you, did you have a private, you know, dressing room to apply? I didn't have a green room. I didn't <laughs> have the cheese and meat spread. I didn't even have a seat to sit on. You're referring to when I was in the movie Through the Never and the Halo on Fire music video. None of that happened. <laughs> you need to update your contract, man. Yeah, I need to go work for WPRI and tell them I know somebody. <laughs> Yes, I'm a Mac man, so that's the makeup I wear. And the, the ladies text me periodically, oh, your shade is in. Great. <laughs> Thanks. It's got to be a great feeling as a 39-year-old. So that's your end. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, it introduces me to single women. I'm down. <laughs> good work, man. Hey, we use the same toner. It's all good. Right. I haven't seen you at the meetings. Where have you been? <laughs> so Black Elm Arrow, what, uh, what was your first show? Actually, great question. I I didn't see them until 2003, till Summer Sanitarium, till the second one. And this is, um, I blame my mother, naturally, of course, uh, <laughs> for everything. Um, I remember I really wanted to go to the Guns Metallica show that summer. I was just getting into them. And, you know, looking back now, mom was being a good parent. I was clearly too young to be going at that time. And then Believe it or not, there was a time where I was very shy and I was uh, afraid to talk to anybody in high school. I, I was very quiet. Now you can't shut me up. I know you guys know that very well already. We're learning that quickly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was pretty much a, you know, I had a, a small group, but no one was really into going to the show because they came to Providence, to the old Civic Center in 96 uh, for the load run. And nobody really wanted to go with me. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go by myself. And then the couple summers later in 98 they came up to Mansfield to what used to be called Great Woods same deal nobody was interested and I'm like that's it I'm like there's I I can't keep this up I gotta see these guys I I love them so the 2000 summer sanitarium rolls around and I'm like that's it I'm 18 now I'm like I'm going nothing's gonna stop me and then I'm like I don't know how to go to a show by myself like I I don't know like how do I you know like I, I I don't know like and so I'm like I'll go next year well then of course you know the whole early 2000s happen i was just and gonna that, say it since all your friends are lame you totally missed out on the jason era i and i'm i really I, well i saw him at the Fillmore, of course which i loved and that really did help to make up for it a little bit because i think the world of him but i was just so frustrated and, and finally in 03 i remember when they announced that tour i was actually living in new york city at the time uh doing a semester there and i there was like a communal room for like the computers so i'm like i am not so like i jumped on that and i've more than made up for lost time. I've seen them uh, 47 times now, and I wish it was nice. a lot more. It should be a lot more. But once I start, once I started going, like I told you guys, I mean, that was it. I started meeting friends. You know, you the, the old Met Club forum. Hey, you're going to be at this show. Who needs tickets to this one? I'll meet you out front. Join us in the line. And then, you know, Facebook explodes and we're connecting through Instagram. So I've tried my best to make up for lost time, and I'm I'm sorry it, it took so long because I really had been wanting to see them for at least ten years. But once I kind of came out of that social shell, you know, all bets were off. Jeff, he got to see them with the Deftones and Fred Durst. Oh three. Yep, Lincoln Park and Mudvayne. I think was that's right. Yep. 
And I remember like the first, when they hit that stage, I was just, it was like I had been let out of a straight jack. And I was, cause I had listened to so much, so many of the live songs, everything. I knew exactly when the parts were coming and the three friends that I went with that I brought, they were like, Oh my God. Like they, I don't think they could believe like what I was turning because I, it fuels us. You guys know Metallica moves us on that intrinsic level. And absolutely. I was like, you guys don't need to come with me again. Like I'm all set. I belong with these people. <laughs> These are my people, and you have unleashed the fury right here, right now, in this spot. I just want to say that was a great bill, that second summer sanitarium, with the exception. And I hope I get some hate mail for this, because for the life of me, I have been trying to figure this one out for years. There's a small handful of bands that I strongly dislike in the world. A very small handful. I know this because we talk music all the time, and every time I bring up a a band, Jeff goes, oh, I love that band. Oh, I love that band. Oh, they're great. Oh, I've seen them. Oh, yeah. I love every single band on that bill except for Deftones. I do not get that band. I don't get why they're big. I don't get their music. I don't know. There's something about that band. I think they're just absolutely terrible. Dude, it's all about that white pony. I I don't even get their music. I it makes no sense. It's terrible. It is truly just garbage. I don't get how they got so big. I'm gonna top that. There are some songs of Death Tones I like, but check out this stadium show I saw where they opened up for Guns N' Roses. Why would Guns do that to themselves by bringing them with? I don't know, but I'll tell you right now, that was one of the worst openers for a stadium show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they're just... I'm not knocking Deftones. I like some of their stuff, but they do not belong in a stadium, and they sure as hell don't belong opening up for Guns N' Roses. It was so awkward. Yeah, I mean, I've gave them like a legitimate try. I've tried and tried, and I see so many posts about them on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to check them out again, and I listen to it, and it's... It's like Pizzle when he talks about St. Anger. I, I just I want to take the disc out, put it back in the sleeve, and never touch it again. <laughs> you know, we're a week away from next week's episode. I can already hear the hate train coming down the tracks for this. Good, good, good. Bring it on, people. I want people to tell me exactly why they think Deftones is good, because they're not. <laughs> so, Brandon, 03 Summer Sanitarium. Where'd you see him? In New York? What stadium? Sorry, I ran out to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's getting some more makeup on, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gillette Stadium had just opened up in Foxborough, and uh, it was really great. And then they didn't come back to Gillette until 17, until Worldwide. And so in between there, I mean, I went everywhere. I fought, you know, the Yankee Stadium, San Francisco, Montreal, Quebec, every, anywhere and everywhere to see them. And all spots in between. The World Magnetic Run was uh, I went to so many on that one. That's when I really had time and I was able to cool. take some time off from work in a previous career and just get to a ton of shows. And that's kind of where it all exploded for me, which was great. So out of everything since you, how do I say this? Since you were exposed to the Black Album when you were about 10 years old to 03 to Death Magnetic, if you had one memory one memory of our of your entire metallic history which memory remains for you ah uh, there's so many of them i those fillmore shows were just to be a part of that cuz i think i was telling you Shane earlier i had never won anything from from the fan club i had just struck out on meet and greets and just 
nah, uh, man, you know, not expecting to win, but just like fingers crossed, uh, like never coming up with anything, always empty handed. And I remember opening up that email that I had won for all four nights and I was like, oh, like it's all been worth it. Like, yes, like I'm going to spend the whole week. We're going to get to see them in this small place. And it was so memorable. So that one, uh, that week, unbelievable for that and several other reasons, which we can get into, but also the 2017 show at Gillette when I got to sit and interview Lars for the road show was just the coolest. That was really something that I'll never forget. All right. Hold the phone right there. I asked you for one memory, one top you memory remains, it. and you're just getting diary of the mouth here, dude. You must be some TV guy. Just I'm can't get the mic away from you. TV dork. I, if, if, if forced to pick one, I'm going to say sitting and interviewing Lars. Awesome. Well, let's talk about that. First of all, Fillmore Dynamite. I believe I saw you at night two on stage at the Fillmore with Jim Brewer's little trivia thing. Yeah, so they had said, uh, look in your envelope, you know, when you get to the gig, you might be randomly selected arbitrarily to, like, play some game. And then That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so night one, I thought they did a nice job with it. They kept everything, like, really uh, low-key and fun, and they did the games. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, Jim's funny, obviously. Like, this is, like, a unique idea. And then night two, I remember, like, being, like, walking in, and I was like, there's my envelope because in the line with, like, my letter of my last name. And I'm like, oh, my nice. God, there's a note in there. I'm going to get to play one of the games. And I was already very fired up so i played and won uh name that riff and that was i at that time like i wasn't doing my current tv job but i i had a this is going deep here i used to have a, a late night public access show that's how i really got started in my career here and <laughs> right on yeah so i, I wanted like to be city like, city small town cable show it, yeah i wanted to be letterman when i was a kid i wanted to be a writer for him and then i wanted to be a tv host and so by this point in my life, I had been doing that show for a while and I was kind of developing like the comedy writing. And so there were a couple of times where I was able to zing Brewer on the stage and obviously all in good fun. I wasn't roasting him or anything, but he, you know, I got some good laughs and I was, I was really, I mean, it didn't get any better than that. I'm up there. I'm, we're being funny. Jim Brewer, this great comedian. It's all about Metallica. Everyone's having fun. That was very memorable. And I remember like really getting the riffs quickly and, and doing very w well at that game. There's a snippet. I remember that. And this is nine years ago. And I, I vividly remember you. And yeah, obviously and I, did well and, and won. Like taunting the crowd a little bit because they thought that I was answering too fast. And then I'm like, I have them. They, I know that that's it. Because I was actually going by tones. Like, okay, I remember I that. that that's the Ride the Lightning album or whatever it was. And then just in my head continuing like yeah and then, then kind of locating the answer that way and so everyone was like booing one of the times that i that i rung in fast and then i was like i'm just gonna wait and then jim says it's correct and i just remember like and then everyone was into i remember it. that yeah that was of, nine years ago it seems like yesterday jeff something tells me he's gonna do just fine on name that low man's lyric it's funny i was thinking the same thing as he was talking about that my first thought was, damn, we might need to change a few of these songs like on the fly here real quick. <laughs> he says he's going off of the tone and he's going to get these in a nanosecond. Now I'm going to do terribly just because of that. I've set myself <laughs> up for failure. Just just like a date that I met off Hinge. Since he goes <laughs> off of since he goes off of tones only, it looks like Swipe he's, left, buddy. he's going to get five songs that are mixed between load and reload. So they all sound the same. That's a good idea. That's a, and damn a good idea. And there's a lot of songs off of both albums, so we can make this we can make this work for us. That's a good idea. Before we get to your top memory of interviewing Lars, which holy cow, that's going to be amazing. Back to the Jim Brewer thing. Is that when they were giving out toasters as the prize? When Lars used to say, "You just won the toaster." Funny you would mention that. 
So I have it here. I know that this is oh, God. for you guys to see. I have brought it's show and tell. Jeff. Oh, it's signed. Nice. And uh, that the bread fan is hilarious. Like, I don't know. You can see. <laughs> so everyone, we can see this via squadcast.fm. It's an actual, a real working toaster that says Metallica on it. Jeff puts this into the bread. <laughs> and it actually burns the the fish hook M logo into the bread. And it says bread fan on it. It does. Yep. There you go, Jeff. Bread fan for the win. As long as it's not the opener, we're good. <laughs> it's so ridiculously stupid, and I love it. It's signed by all four, Brennan. Is there a message on there? I could just barely see it. Yeah. There, <laughs> it's tough to see, but I clearly James wrote this. There are two arrows pointing to where the toast goes in, and it says, put pets in here, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's definitely written in like his printing. <laughs> It's funny how we know that all capital letter kind of handwriting of his. I prefer printing in all caps, too. So I'm like, I easily could have wrote this. They never would have known. Put pets in here. That's classic. Yeah, but it was so unique. And I remember uh, winning uh, like $100 to the merch stands. Like, oh, yeah, great. I get one shirt. <laughs> one one sticker. <laughs> right. Uh, but just a great night. And actually, this is where the Met Club is the coolest because I won a, a bag of picks and up until that point, I had never really had a lot of luck, nor had I ever been someone who like pushes people out of the way to like get picks at the shows or whatever. So I didn't really sure. have, have any. And then I don't know what happened because someone hung on to like my bag of prizes during the show and the picks went missing after that. And I remember, that. yeah, I think Brewer probably took them for all the jokes. And, and I remember... <laughs> emailing the Met Club afterwards just being like, hey, like I won the thing. I'm like, I really don't know what happened to them. Is there any way like you could and they sent me like a whole replacement bag, which was so cool of them. Very cool. Yeah, they're the best. That's the Metallica family, man. Can't beat that. Yes, sir. So you win the toaster, you go home, fast forward a couple of years later, and you are interviewing the one and only Lars Ulrich. How, when, where? <laughs> we gotta know this dude. All right then. <laughs> I did a little impression of him to him and he was great he's so much fun was great. Um, yeah so I'd been with the roadshow at that point about four years and I obviously shared my passion for Metallica with our audience um, I don't I don't want to talk about it too much we have a job to do we have a show to do but it's like a lifestyle entertainment show so our our personal lives come up in the show. So by then everybody knows of this obsession and I'm thrilled that they're coming to, you know, back to the area and everything. And secretly on the sly, I started working some of my now fairly established media contacts, getting in touch with some people like, Hey, is there any way like people at different stations, who would I go through and this and that? And I started really early on this. And by this point I had actually already interviewed Kirk at the Minneapolis show, which was my 30th show the uh, summer before. So I had a little, wow. bit of, little bit of a contact there. So I kind of went back to that one. I was like, Hey, are Lars or James available this time? And obviously I'd love to talk to Rob too, but I really wanted to talk to Lars or James just because I don't know, those guys like in, in the establishment of the band and just kind of, they've been there obviously since the beginning. Duh. Right. We hear you. And um, so he was like, yeah, I think one of them might be available at that show. I'm like, I'll talk to Kirk again too, but I just kind of, maybe slowly I could interview all the guys at some point. And Lars was available. It turns out I really wanted him to come into the road show because the Gillette show was on a Friday. 
So I really wanted him to come to our studio that morning. And I was like thinking of all these cool ideas we could have him do in studio. But you guys know how they kind of worked that run. They kind of situate in one city and just go to the gig that night. Yeah, in and out and see ya. Yeah, you guys remember. So he wasn't going to be in the area that morning. And they're like, well, we can do something on site. So I was like, no worries. I can like build a package around this. And I kind of focused just on the on the All Within My Hands Foundation because as I was you know, telling Shane in the virtual pre-interview earlier today. Um, I was like, how do I make this piece? Because we're a morning show. I mean, we're not a late night show. We're not on a music channel or anything. I want to make this piece accessible to our viewers. I want there to be some takeaway for our crowd. Uh, certainly they know who Metallica is. And Metallica has been around so long as you guys know that, I mean, if, if you were 30 or 35, maybe now you have kids, you're a mom, you're on maternity leave, you're home. Like, you obviously are going to look up. He's talking to someone from Metallica. That's a band that's I've known like maybe my whole life or something. So yes, they're obviously well known enough that people are going to tune in to see what I'm up to with potentially one of the members of the band. But how do I make the piece something that's extra interesting? So I said, I'll, I'll focus on the foundation because nobody had really touched upon it um, that much. And he was just so awesome. I mean, he knew that I I wasn't just some local journalist assigned to this assignment to cover Metallica in town. As, as cool as that is, he knew like how passionate I was, and it was my thirty third show at that point. And he was this just, took place at the stadium. Yeah, backstage at Gillette. Uh, cool. In, you know, in in Bill Belichick's secret videotape room. <laughs> <laughs> Inflate gate room. Yeah, exactly. So he was he was just the best. And I, he knew that I was passionate. He could sense my passion. He knew that my questions were legit. And, you know, I kept it light and fun, which is what I do. And he, you know, I think we had like 10 minutes together and he has a guy that comes in with him. I mean, you, you've probably seen the dude. Uh, and you, we know. Jeff. Ten yeah. 10 minutes. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. Fuck you. But about like the 12 minute mark or something or whatever, like somebody opened the door and like looked in and I had a friend with me who was running the second camera and he told me afterwards that the dude looked in and the dude like behind me was like, like, no, it's fine. Like it, it's going well, like leave it. And I was in there for probably like 25 minutes. And not only that on either side of it, like he was, we were just talking and he was just asking me about the show and I was telling him about my experiences with the band and what I'm hoping to do with my career. And he was just, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys how engaging he is. And that's, this is preaching to the Metallica choir here. He was the best and it was just such an amazing experience. I think people throw the word amazing around a little too much, but this is, there is no other word to describe it other than it was amazing. And I had never had much luck. Like I told you, I won the Fillmore thing, which was incredible, but I had never had a lot of luck winning meet and greets. I'd always struck out, you know, not, like I said, not expecting to win anything, but oh man, whatever. So finally, like through some hard work, having my career, Absolutely. So passionate about for so long now intersect with this other passion that's been with me just as long, if not longer, first with Kirk and then with Lars is really just indescribable. So I'm, I was telling Lars about this, you know, I've never won the meet and greet with this and that. And he knows I me, mean, you know, the stories of Motorhead and Diamondhead and what, tops it. Yep. What, he, what he used to do and he knows. And so he just looks at me and he goes, you're creating your own meet and greets like that <laughs> i was like yeah i kind of am and I, I was i just was floating the rest of that day and i got back to the car to put the gear down I'm like now i can have a few few beers you know we had some time and like now i can relax and i just i get excited thinking about it right now i'm getting goosebumps it was just the coolest no i hear you the fortunate time the few fortunate times i've had with him 
it's it's nerve wracking leading up to it. But as soon as you start talking to him, he puts you at ease. It's genuine. It's honest, and he truly wants to know about you. He doesn't. Every time I'm with him, it just, it's not shop talk. It's just kind of what's new, what what's happening. That's awesome. And that's kind of something, his engaging ability, like I'm naturally inquisitive as well. And through watching him over the years, like meet and greet videos, you know, that's something that I try to incorporate into my own. When I, when I meet a guest before our show, back when we used to have guests coming in, like engaging with someone a little bit goes a long way. And he's just a master of that. And I, it's no secret that that's a huge reason of, of Metallica's colossal success is his ability to just engage with everybody and make you feel like you're the only person in the room. It's remarkable. Uh, that's very true. And then you you had Kirk before him. I mean, yeah. dude, you're two for four here. I'm getting closer. You know, I'm trying to get to those other guys. And it's just so sad to think now about the way things are and what's going to happen. I keep my fingers crossed. You never know. But even if I don't get to interview, you know, James or Rob, I, I've still been so lucky. I, yeah. Kirk, hey, maybe you'll be able to interview Ron McGovney. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You guys want to set that up for me, work on that. <laughs> Ron couldn't hang. He uh, didn't want to be a part of it anymore. <laughs> you can get McGovney and uh, Lloyd Grant up to the roadshow. I'd be happy to chat with them. That's, I might have, that might be a tough sell for my producers, but uh, I think those guys are great for sure. But yeah, Kirk was amazing, and that was my 30th show, and I kind of the, – the, focus of his segment was about his inspirations and how Metallica has been a huge inspiration to me. I mean, I'm not a musician, even though I've been, you know, dabbling with guitar a little bit in this quarantine thing, taking some lessons because I just fell in love with the instrument when I was young. I just never pursued it. But even though I'm not pursuing the music dream, I had this other dream that I've been working on where I wanted to be a TV personality and maybe a comedy writer or something. And their music lends itself to my journey so strongly. So equating that to Kirk's journey and what, who his inspirations were. Obviously we know them being the hardcore Metallica fans we are, but you know, he really took to that. And I, I had a lot of time with him as well. And we got some cool pictures and it was just, just great. I mean, they're the best. Something tells me you talked about UFO. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. I remember very vividly. He goes, I'm just continuing a trend, man. The way I look at it, you know, I'm now the link in this chain. And it's like, you know, the classic Kirk voice and it, yeah, you, you listen. Yeah, he is. That's exactly what he's doing. He's inspiring, you know, the next generation. I remember him in a year and a half when he was trying to talk about channeling the energy. Yeah, vaguely, I do remember that a little bit. Where, and he says he was also on acid. And when they're when he says asses, when they're writing dick D I K on that guy's skull. Oh my god! Yeah, so funny. Yes. <laughs> yep. Incredible. I was talking to a fan. He said they were a band that gave out this energy. And the audience was receiving it and then giving it back to us. And, and we were receiving it through our heads and, and channeling it through our guitars again, back out at them. It's like this circle of energy going. I shouldn't neglect to say that he also told me he was on acid. <laughs> I love that footage. A friend of mine loves Kirk. That's his favorite. He's not like a huge Metallica fan where we are, but like I was watching year and a half within the last six months and I sent the video of that part. He's like, did he just, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Back when they did meet and greets, you could kind of tell by the footage it was after the show. Yeah. So great. And then I had a pretty of them cool after the moment. show. That's like unheard of these days. I had a pretty cool moment on the uh, worldwide as well. Uh, I got to do the, at the Indianapolis show. Cause did you guys do the black ticket as well? I did. You did. 
Um, so I, I was able to do the backstage thing where Jim Brewer would bring you back to like fist bump them before they went out. Oh, cool. Yeah. The pre-show. So, yeah. That was really, that is right up there with those moments because, you know, I'm not getting interview them. And Lars had actually done an in-person, like a live interview thing in Chicago between the um, Louisville and Indianapolis gigs. So our mutual friend, uh, Adam D'Souza and I kind of made a detour through Chicago to go to the enter night live in conversation event that Lars was doing. And afterwards he hung out and we got to go up and say hello. And I was like, I reminded him about the interview that we had done like the year prior to Gillette. And he, he said he remembered, and I am inclined to believe that he did. Cause when I was reminding him of the little game show that we did, he was like, that's right. He goes and you're like, have a morning show. So I think that I he remembered him. it. Yeah, so his his memory is amazing. Some of the guests we've had on here with their meet and greets, and then seeing him again three or four years later. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to the Halo on Fire shoot, and what he said to me absolutely was mind blowing. Of what he affiliates me with, it's it's just crazy. If you think how many people he meets in a day, I mean, it's not as much as you do on the road show and you know Channel Twelve with your fourteen million viewers, but it's close. <laughs> It's right, it's right behind us, <laughs> but yeah, pretty damn close. So we were hanging out at the Chicago thing and I just did a quick picture and I said, Hey, he's, what are the shows? I said, you know, we'll be in Indianapolis tomorrow and then finishing out Grand Rapids. I said, and then I'll see you in Ireland and he goes slain castle. Cause that was coming up. And I said, yeah, I'll be there for that one. And uh, so then the couple nights later in Indianapolis, I said, I told you I was going to be, I'd see you in Indianapolis. I said, I'd like to follow through on my threats. And he just kind of chuckled a little bit and then, you know, sure. Kirk's like, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, like, have a good show. And they're just like hanging out. And Rob's like, what's up, brother? Like this. And then James comes over and gives you the double fist bump. And yeah, I came up with a brilliant line. I said, have a good show. (laughs) How original. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to knock him over with this one. You know, but you don't want to bug them, obviously. And then he just came right up. He goes, you too, man. Enjoy yourself out there. And I said, I always do. And I said, thank you for coming back here and doing this. And he goes, thank you, brother. And it was pretty awesome in that moment. And obviously no cameras were allowed because ecstasy is playing and they're getting ready to go out. And so that's kind of a nice memory that I share in here, you know, and my, even though I don't have a picture with him or Rob, it's uh, well, I, I do have ones where they're in the background, but it's an extra special memory because I think about, I remember my first show and being not all the way in the back, but being at several gigs where I'm all the way in the back. And now I'm, right before they go on, it doesn't get any closer than this. They're legitimately doing the huddle right in front of me. I'm like, yeah, oh, like I've pretty much gone from diametrically here to here. And it was a definitely another memorable moment. These guys are just the coolest and they're, they're just, they hold a special. We've gone place. from section 900 to the tunnel where the house lights get turned off and you can see the switch on the wall and here we go. Yeah. And then they ran out like they did when worldwide was in the middle and we're running out with them. I mean, only the only difference is our exit is here, which is cool. But I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, look at what I just got to do and look at the cool things I've gotten to do. And it's all because of them and their generosity and the fact that they care so much about the fans. And these are just moments that I love being able to share with you guys and, and the people who are closest to me. And for those 12 seconds, you're running out to shoot with them and 20,000 people are screaming. You said, yep, that's all for me. <laughs> road show, road show. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so lots of memorable gigs, and uh, they they are are all unique in their own way. And so those are just a few a few snapshots of my favorites. That's awesome, Brennan. Well, we're going to take you back to 2011 at uh, the Fillmore, where uh, you were naming tunes in uh-oh. one to two, maybe three seconds. Uh oh. 
We're going to enter the uh, Name That Low Man's lyric. We're going to give you five songs. You get three strikes overall, and you get two seconds of each song. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'm older now. Nine years have gone by. <laughs> no excuses. You've seen 47 shows. You've seen them in three different countries. Jeff, you think he's ready for this? Older age just means more wise. That's all. It's like a wow. fine wine. You're just aging. That's all. Thank you for that. He has a bread fan toaster as a trophy. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a toaster for him, but let's let's just see how this goes. Thank you for that misplaced confidence in me. <laughs> Win a bunch of money and walk, and walk away. away. <laughs> One dollar at a time. All right, Brendan, you better sharpen that booger picking finger. <laughs> Oh, very worn out. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, you want to take number one? Oh, I was getting number two set up. I already have that one ready to go. You're going to play the riff and I got to tell you what it is. Uh, Yeah, just like Jim Brewer. Okay. Only funnier. (laughs) We've we've only told you this three times. You don't listen well. What? (laughs) Huh? Huh? Jeff, I think this is the first guest that we just openly just ripped on from the start based off of our 24 hours of technical difficulties with them. Well, I mean, if you can't get on to Squadcast, it's pretty easy. I think my kids could figure it out, but, you know, it's all good. It's all good. As you can see, none of it has any effect on me, so let's continue. (laughs) He's like, give me your best. Let's do this. I love it, man. I love it. You this bet. Is, this is going well. Second week a row of someone from Road the Lightning Chapter. So cool. We've never had someone from the same state two weeks in a row. No. A lot of, we have a lot of new things in season two. And we were talking about this state last week. It's only 30 miles wide. I think everyone knows each other in that state. Right. How is it that we happen to get two people from the smallest state two weeks in a row? And the same chapter. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there's only one chapter in that state. Yeah, we only there? need one. <laughs> All right, Brendan, welcome to Name That Little Man's Lyric. Are you ready for song number one? We did it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Ja Rule song? Yeah, that's right. Jeff, sing it. Yeah, we did it. There it is. <laughs> just when you thought it was over. Just when you thought it was over. Yes, yep. <laughs> That was back in the, like, I think Lars had that, like, Eminem haircut going at that time. That was right around, that was right around 9-11. Yeah, that was that 01, 02 era. Oh, rough times. Whew. Back in the Kirk. Anniversary soon. The, the Kirk hair plug era. Hair plugs and Eminem haircuts on the drummer. <laughs> All right, Brendan, song number one. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Oh, God, the failed. Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should bring it down to one second. <laughs> that was like 2.4, dude. Justin well, they... last week got 2.5. We brought it down by a tenth of a second. Oh, so he did the same game. All right. He did and did amazing. So no pressure. No, he's great. He's a good man. All right. You ready for song number two? Nope. <laughs> Uh, that was like a millisecond. No. Yeah, that was you're you're just messing with my head now. <laughs> One more time, give that to me. Shoot me again. Fine answer. 
That's yeah. where the family feud buzzer goes. Bright album, but I don't know. Hang on. Not only do I not know the answer. I, I love I love when guests do this. I mean, <laughs> he's got the song, dude. It's amazing. I mean, he already said his answer. Are we going to allow this? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I, I know that I'm right there. I just can't pinpoint it. It's the song right before Shoot Me Again. Insert oh, Family Feud buzzer. <laughs> the answer we were looking for was My World. Ah, oh, you can't have it. I kind of like it when he gets one wrong. Then we can use that family feud buzzer. I love that sample. That's a great buzzer. I was so excited. I'm like, I got it. I know that sound. I have it. Nope. Not only shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Number three. Do it. I believe that is ain't my biatch. Ding, ding, and ding. (laughs) You are correct. Confused with their uh, pandemic themed song, Ain't My Bleach. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, That was your personal set list, I take it. We can go through those later. (laughs) All right. Song number four. You ready for this? (laughs) Go for it, Jeff. I just thought of a great idea, but I'll get to that later. That's just someone testing a recording device. That's not a Metallica song. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer, but I'm pretty sure he knows this. Give that one to me one more time. I think I do, but I, I, let me, I'll tell you this. I recognize the singer. (laughs) I've heard of him before. Yeah. It's Steve Messine. Great start. Wow, you gave him a different snippet too. No, it, I didn't. I didn't touch it. That's literally where it was. Oh, you're just randomly sliding. I I have a guess. I don't think it's correct, but I'm just gonna go with it because I need to get to bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wants out. Uh, no, I love this. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mama said, but I, I don't. I don't think that's. I just. I can't make it out. It was an interesting part that got chosen, but that was the part that was written down on our little set here. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a part that's not so quiet. I'll get him one more. Yeah, that was faint. <laughs> I didn't pick the section. Payback for last night's technical problems. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. No. Oh, come on. Turn the page. There we go. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I don't know. That took him about as long as it took him to sign on to the website here. (laughs) By Halloween, I'll have this set up. (laughs) All right. Final song, number five. Here we go. All right. That is the thing that should not be. That is correct, sir. Nicely done. Cool. All right. It It seems like... Just like in Jump in the Fire, somehow I am the one with the difficult questions, and you make it nice and easy for them. Straight to the point, man. <laughs> I heard, I've only heard two of your episodes so far. Uh, I heard when you had Edwin Outwater. Oh, me too. Edwin, <laughs> Edwin Outwater Torn. That's what I've been calling him. Um, 
outwater torn. I like that's that. good. And also, I heard Aaron Ginther's our mutual friend, and I was uh, his trivia was really good. That was a, those were very good questions. I was so proud that I got the Return of the Vampire, the Merciful Fate one. So I was like, gonna, there you go. I'm going to do well. But the riff, the riffs are tough. I mean, I those snippets. I think I might have heard a little more than that at Fillmore. But you guys are definitely a challenge, which I love. Season one brought you Jump in the Fire trivia, and now we're at Name That Low Man's Lyric season two, Brendan. Got to keep up, man. I got to order the DVD set. <laughs> if I... <laughs> box set. No, we're going to release it and on podcast cassette. podcast for all box set. It's, it's going to be on cassette. Cassette. <laughs> yeah, right. That whack shit on cassette. That whack shit like Corey and Trevor. <laughs> That's the first CD out the Sunnyvale trailer park, you know what I'm saying? Except for that whack bullshit that Corey and Trevor released on cassette, but they were fronting, you know what I'm saying? Man, I ain't changed since I started selling records, you know what I'm saying? I'm keeping it the fuck real, yo. Brendan, if I remember right, when you were naming that tune at the Fillmore, there was one song. It was either Battery or Fade to Black, and you named it in a nanosecond. Yeah, I was just i I just was able to get. I went right based off tone on that one. What song was it? I think it was Battery on that one. Even I was watching you. I thought there's you buzzed in a millisecond, and I remember Brewers like, "There's no way you got this," and you kind of pumped the crowd up like, "Oh, I fucking know this." Yeah, I I just. It's hard to believe that I had no friends throughout or dates throughout the bulk of my adolescence. <laughs> was all rewarded. Zero, huh? Was all rewarded on that cold December night in 2011. <laughs> well, chicks dig a guy that can make his own toast now. And someone who can do things really quickly. <laughs> oh, that is a good point. But um, it totally went over my head. Uh, no. <laughs> that must be that Florida heat. It must be. Cool game. I like it. Right on. Uh, nicely done. Jeff and I came up with this on the fly literally a couple days ago, editing your buddy Justin Hunt's episode. Cool. We got into this discussion about a song that he doesn't like. So I have to ask you, what is the one song in Brendan's life, the one song that should not be? For for uh, the Beatles? <laughs> he surprisingly picked The Shortest Straw, and Jeff and I were speechless. There's got to be at least one song, and even if you don't hate it per se, there's got to be at least one that is at the bottom. There's always going to be a best and a worst. Yeah, and This wasn't even a segment. We just got on the discussion, and he said, oh, by the way, I hate Shortest Straw. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. Oh, this this might make for an interesting conversation piece in the future. Maybe we the should song add that should not be. Here we go. Followed me. Uh, he and I have been friends for a long time, and we've had this discussion. I couldn't believe that he didn't like it either. But we're not here to talk about our mutual friend, Justin, are we? I would say that if I had to pick one, I don't know, like Purify. I mean, I don't It's like, what, what's going on there? <laughs> like, what, oh, what Jeff. Is, I know I like St. Anger as well. But if I just had to pick one, I'm like, yeah, if I, like, I don't know what's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you wouldn't have picked my apocalypse. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm down Jeff, you got to get off that death magnetic thing, man. You're the only one with that issue. You don't like my apocalypse, my fast in your face, but you don't care for it. I like fast and in your face. I just think it sounds like a group of 14 year olds wrote it in their garage. It's not (laughs) a well-written metal song at all. I was writing songs like that at the same age. Or I should say not their same age, but at, you know, 14. 
That's when you were jamming on your KH Junior LTD. Yeah, the Junior. All right. A string through. I never had one of those, but now I'm going to get one just because, and I'm going to play it next time we play live. I'm glad he added that he was writing songs like that when he was 14 and that he hasn't just been hanging around garages where 14-year-olds are playing songs, and that's how he formulated <laughs> yeah, that. that. <laughs> Hey, That's it's w- well said. In 2020, that that can ber- be perceived the wrong way. Ah, I'm just being an idiot. It comes naturally to me. But you know, those last couple on Sanding aren't exactly my favorite. I'm not nuts about where the wild things are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like that Jason has writing credits, and I I love that something <laughs> he contributed is somewhere because I think he's I think the world of him. But that song never really does it for me. And also, you know, and I, here I go again. You asked for one. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Start the timer, Jeff. Ten minutes, we'll have an answer. I, uh, yeah, I'll stick with Purify then. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. All right. Week Purify two, Purify. Justin Hunt, Short of Straw. Brandon Kirby, Purify. How long did it take you guys to come up with the name for the podcast? Was there a lot? Of, were there meetings about this and various subcommittees? No. No? Uh, not really. It was, we've thrown the idea around for a while, and then when everything came to a halt, Jeff texted me and said, uh, dude, it's, it's time. Because I hold I in said, my hand yes, a, a list of what I believe are some good rejected Metallica podcast names. If you, if you we came, any, any we came up with a <laughs> quite the list of names, but it was a pretty quick list. And I think right off the bat, we I feel like we like mutually agreed on in podcast for all like instantly. Like once we kind of heard it, you know, we said it out loud. We're like, yeah, that makes Makes sense. It works. We want it to be for fans. We want it to be for everyone. So for all worked, uh, you can't go wrong with the Justice album and it just Jeff's, hot, yeah, it Jeff's just... top song, "Stranded on the Desert" or "The Island," is Justice for All. Good it's my one. favorite Metallica song of all time, still to this day. So it just it kind of like the stars just aligned and it worked out for us. Cool. But our guest Jeff wants to one up us with <laughs> reject names of podcasts we've never had this before so let's oh, go with it yeah let's hear it well i have a rather lengthy list of the pandemic cassette list names but we won't get into that that's people can find that on my instagram but these are exclusive for you guys some uh, Ooh, reject- exclusive apfa reject names <laughs> so when jeff fires me i can use one of these names to start another <laughs> show all yours and then the side hustle metallica can then do you because i've given you the names <laughs> I'll just direct their legal team to uh, WPRI Channel 12. <laughs> direct it to my assistant. Okay. These are yes. the admitted Your makeup artist. rudimentary list. So how about this? Living and dying, laughing and talking. <laughs> I like it. I like it's a little long, but I like it. Yeah, that's what she said. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I knew I, I, I it's funny. I knew as soon as I said that I was waiting for someone, I'm like, someone is going to say it. They're going to say it. That's what she said. To jump on right <laughs> i actually like that one all right all within my ears <laughs> that's horrible yeah these are horrible these are rejected Metallica podcasts. but the first one I actually dug free speech for the dumb was that in the running <laughs> uh, I, I give that a five out of 25 all right <laughs> out of 25 <laughs> that's that's very generous that's the sign of making it uh talk runs out Instead of our luck, our talk is running out. Um, yeah, I, I I hear you. I'm a Metallica fan here, Brendan. I give that a three. All right, some kind of podcast. Mm. Hey, I like talking. that. I like that. No, that is decent. 
for but who- if you're searching for those words you would get a thousand uh what am i trying to say a thousand results that's correct i didn't finish eighth grade jeff sorry <laughs> remember you graduated come lucky that's what i told edwin right <laughs> outwater torn for whom the fill tolls <laughs> That's the, give best, a, that's the best. That's, that's that's it right there. That's that's gonna be my new podcast in twenty twenty four when you fire me. Can a podcast go higher than number one? That's that one right there. They call it the podcast. Can a record? Can a song go higher than number yeah, one? Yeah, it becomes the Metallica chart, right? Uh, quite frantically, Bill. Oh, say again, Brendan. Quite frantically. Yeah, that's horrible. I know. Uh, the house that talk built, not very good. Actually, that's not that bad. But I think this is the best one, last but not least. The pod that failed. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost as good as this Phil Toll. That's going to be the name of our last episode when we shut down the lights and close the doors. I was uh, just scribbling. I I told you, I I love just... Write that down. I love nonsense and absurdity. I was like, all right, I got to have something for these guys. And I'm like, these aren't all my best work, but you know what? We got to fill some time. And even the horrible ones, I'm saying them. Out of those, there was three that were... What was the first one again? Uh, oh, Living and Dying, Laughing and Talking. I like that. Mm. I think it's a good name for an episode, but I think it's too long for a, for a podcast. Once you have heard it, you'll never be the same. Never be the same, buddy. Yeah. Nice, nicely done. Did you spend your whole morning... I know, I know you only work 30 minutes a day, but yeah. did you spend your whole morning coming up with that? Well, 30 minutes a day plus, you know, the instructing the intern on how to sift through my hate mail takes up a good chunk of the afternoon. But I, I just scribbled. And the three-hour makeup. Oh, my God. It's brutal. I scribbled these down this, this afternoon. Although I had the pod that failed early because when Justin told me that uh, you guys were starting up the podcast, I'm like, I, that one came to me. And I was like, this would be – I'm like, there will be a place for me to share this someday. <laughs> That's per- – so you've been holding on to those for a couple months then the since we've one, been yeah, going yeah, after since the, May. A lot of the other ones are – um. They're somewhat recent as of yesterday today. Well, you're good with lists. Do you have a top five list? Yeah, this was tough. So I knew this was coming, and I, and you guys know as well as I do, I don't know if your like opinions change from day to day, like whatever you're feeling. They have so many good songs and so many songs that move us. But I have narrowed mine down to, now is this if, if I'm on a, a deserted island, I'm going to die alone? I'm going to die alone anyway, I'm aware. Yeah, but no, no more islands. We're... We're done with Islands and Tom Hanks and all of his bullshit. We're moving on to Tom Cruise and being stranded in the desert. You know, I disappear and all of that. All right. Do you want these in any particular order or are these just the five? Just the five. However you want to list them is fine with us. You said you're going to die alone. So you're up on that plateau from the I Disappear music video, 120 degrees. And I can only imagine what you have for your top five uh, you're going to disappear (laughs) grinning ear to ear when i'm dying alone too i'll be enjoying that moment (laughs) well you're grinning with those horseshit podcast title names so this is even going to be better i love amusing myself so let's get right to it here uh and usually it is only me uh blackened is definitely on the list i mean yes really fast yeah three weeks in a row dude oh yeah that's my favorite song, Brennan. Yeah, no, that's that's going on there. And I tried to make like a, well, a little bit of a variety, so to speak, because if these are the only five I can ever hear, I want, you know, from that whole Metalla, Metalla palette, right? 
So I, I like also it. want Orion there because I fell in love with that one immediately when I first heard it on Puppets. And I was like, this? Too much bass. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Justin Hunt said. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just love it, though. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a beautiful piece of music. And I just... I'm so happy sure that song is in my life. So that's going on there. Fade to Black, definitely on the list. Uh, another masterpiece of a song. Beautifully structured, killer lyrics, awesome, fun guitar work. I think it's a near-perfect song. Outlaw Torn is going on the list. I fell in love with it after... Well, I liked it on Load. I was very disappointed that it faded out. And then I remember buying the version that had the unencumbered by manufacturer restrictions. Is that what it is? Remix? Wasn't it like, I remember the regular album said 78 minutes and 59 seconds. Yeah. But that full, I remember buying the CD with that full version and just thinking that that was, I love, I love how it builds to the end. And then on the OG S and M just goosebumps every time. And I was thrilled to hear that last year. So a, would it be S and M or album version? I, I think it, can I, good question. Can I have the one that was on the single that's unencumbered by the restrictions? You sure can. And I'm gonna, I like that. I'm going to go with that original one then. Perfect. I've been waiting for someone to essentially not pick the SNM version, even though we all know it's amazing and I love it when people pick that song. But I've been waiting for someone to pick a non orchestrated version of that song. Cool. Yeah, like you said, love that one too. But I would, I would probably choose that that full version the way that I'm gonna get some hate mail here. I, I can't think of what single that was on. Was that on the Fuel single? I don't remember either. I can picture this the CD, whatever those things are now, and I just can't. I can't play. It might be uh, Memory. It might be. I, I can't. I want to say that extended version. It was not on a load single. It was on a reload single. I can picture the blue cover. I think so. Right now, everyone's screaming at us because we can't think of this, but... Now, had you told me that I couldn't choose that one and it had to be album or S&M, I think I would have chose S&M because I like... I gotta hear that jam, you know, get to the end. That the jam's... The, that I'm pretty sure... That jam is solid. I think you're right, Shane. I think it's Memory Remains single is the unencumbered... I remember it's on a Reload single and people are screaming right now, but it had nothing to do with any of the load releases. I'm about 99, 99.9% sure it's Memory Remains single. Hey, the Outlaw, I think Outlaw is totally at the top when you look at our 17 episodes. That's, I don't think we've skipped more than, what, three or four weeks on having Outlaw? On having so Outlaw, great. Yeah. I, the, um, I, I still have yet to have someone say Injustice for All. <laughs> pumped when uh, they started playing Outlaw at the Fillmore. I was like, yes, I'm finally getting to hear this. And then to have it be done at SNM 2 was extra special as well. So there you go. And I have one left, I believe. I think it's going to shock some people out there. Purify. <laughs> Ronnie, no. Um, <laughs> I'm going to choose, based on how I'm feeling at this very moment, Moth into Flame. I like it. I think that song kicks so much ass. I don't know. I just. Well, you don't have to think. It does. It just does. And I that was one of. 
obviously we heard Hardwired before the album came out on like when which I loved and then I'm just like oh this is just like burn like that I'm like oh my god all of it is just and that I mean I'm at the gym man I'm on <laughs> the elliptical machine is rather effeminate I don't know if you'll agree that we glide when we're on the elliptical machine I agree makeup in elliptical machines okay <laughs> Okay. But I the, see where he's going here. The best, the most rede- the, the most redeeming quality about that machine is you can watch videos. And man, I just watch Metallica videos and just get pumped up and burn extra calories and moth just from beginning to end just has me, my heart ready to come out of my chest. That just pumps me up. And, you know, I, I, I really wrestled like Harvest. There's so many other songs I love, but that's what I was feeling uh, yesterday when I made the list. And just love the song and I can only pick five and that's how I feel today, boys co-worker of mine who is a uh, season pass holder to him podcast for all says has your top five list ever changed since since the show started and i had to say yes yeah mine didn't i just added one that's all you have added one i added the wilson song that's true but in the past four or five months moth and halo could easily be in my top five Dude, Halo on fire is just mega epic awesome. I remember like just telling Lars that too after the interview. I'm like, because they had just started playing Halo right around then, and I'm like, dude, I'm like Halo. He was like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm like, it's just so epic and great. And he, he was like, I'm glad you like it. And then they kept it in for I think the rest of the summer, which was just the coolest. Especially now when I hear Halo on S and M two, that that in the long run is going to easily go down as one of their greatest hits. Yeah, love that version. It's just it's. I, I can't even say anything about it. It's so great. Well, there it is. Uh, Brendan's makeup is melting in the I Disappear Desert with Blackened Orion, Fade to Black, the extended version of Outlaw Torn, and the good old Moth into Flame. Cool. Jeff, That's what great, do you think guys. of that? I love just talking about it's Metallica. It's not a bad list. Band that means so much to us, and the fact that you have a place where we can get together and just talk about how they mean a lot is just... It's the coolest. I love it. We're having fun with it, Brendan. But the real question is, how do Jeff and I get on the road show? And I'm not talking at a location. We we want studio access, studio FaceTime. Okay, so are you familiar with this concept of uh, of blackmail? Oh, absolutely. Well, we're, we're used to that. Enough material material of me that you can easily <laughs> just book your own date. <laughs> Jeff, fire up the. Uh... Compose some mails. I think we got this. We're going to get some big airtime in Rhode Island. Well, yeah. Once you start editing this episode, you'll be like, "Ooh, we've got some gold here." Yeah, and Rhode Island for all. I can hear it now. So much fun. Well, you guys, let me know back when the world gets back to normal when you're going to be rolling through this area and uh, come by. We'll have some fun, and I'll hopefully come to see you guys play. We'd love to see you live. Well, Brandon, we've had fun, man. Thanks again for driving the show on a podcast for all. Let's keep in touch. Who knows? Let's cross paths soon, and when the world gets back to normal, we can do this. And no more, we we can't have any more TV people on our show because they talk better than we do, Shane. Yeah, I've said like, um, you know, and hum probably 58 times. I counted Brendan. This slipped up one time. That was pretty damn good. I'll tell yeah, you. one time, and that was last night when he couldn't connect. Uh, I, was saying, <laughs> That's about it. I was saying a lot of other things during that period of time. Uh, but I got to tell you, I've had my career flash before my eyes many times, and it's been mostly awkward silences. So you guys have nothing to worry about. Is there? Is it still called the seven-second delay if you slip up when you're live? Um, 
It's actually called the Brendan button now because I screw up. Isn't it a panic button? <laughs> I don't know. They don't. They've never told me where the control room is, so I don't. Know. <laughs> There's reasonings for that. I thought it was a seven second delay where they have seven seconds to get to a button and hit it if you're. Yeah, there's um fucking it up in our studio. There, there are monitors next to each other in our studio, and one is a couple of seconds ahead of the other one. So one is what's going out at that moment, and the one next to it is where we are. So, which is awkward sometimes for the guests, and but you get used to it and you do it. And it's like I said, I'm next time when I come on and we do a whole deep dive on my career, uh, we'll talk about how I get into this TV thing. And we'll make sure to play Purify on loop for you. All within my sanitized hands, boys. <laughs> It'll be the end podcast for all. Where are they now episode? That's right. I've been homeless before. I could be homeless again. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about when you lived under that bridge in L.A. That'll be a separate episode. You have like four episodes we got to cover the next decade. I love it. I'm here. As long as I can connect, I'll be here. <laughs> All right, Brenda, thanks again. Keep in touch. And uh, there you have it. Season two, episode three, Brendan Kirby, Providence, Rhode Island. We'll see you soon, man. Thank you, boys. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the podcast, and I can't wait to keep up with what you're doing. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Later. See you soon.